Welcome to Unleash. We're all being transformed every day. The big question is by who to become what? Well, thanks for joining us as we continue our series about how we're shaped by judgment. We're calling it the the ugly, the bad, and the good. And in the last episode, we really focused on the ways that people judge one another. And we, we really don't do it well. And we talk about a lot of things, but the big takeaway is that we're really not called to judge others, but to love. Yes, we're supposed to be discerning and wise, but the primary mark of a follower of Jesus is love. So today, we are actually going to focus on aspects of how we judge ourselves. So there's like volumes and volumes and volumes written in recent decades about the topic of self-esteem. And it probably wouldn't take you long to be thinking about the ways that the topic of self dis, uh, self-esteem and the aspects of that affect things like curriculum that's written, um, educational systems, uh, parenting methods, communication styles, uh, aspects of, of business. In fact, there's there is so much written about this. It's like crazy. If you did a search on the number of books and articles and wow, it's a lot. So if we just consider a simple definition of self-esteem, it's how we value and perceive ourselves. So how we, how we value ourselves by definition is is a way of saying that we're assessing ourselves. But when you assess something, it's always against some sort of standard. So what is the standard by which we're judging ourselves? Okay, so let's just say we had a good standard by which to judge ourselves, but it helps to recognize that part of being human means that we have blind spots. There's things about ourselves that we we don't see but that others do. And for some reason, we fail to notice. And these can be good qualities or not so good qualities. But much of the the us within us is this crazy, vast, intense landscape of memories, experiences, um, beliefs, values, um, affected by by personality and the environment that we grow up in, and um, it includes our our desires and um, affections, and and part of that, actually, the bigger part of that, the most of it, is functioning on a subconscious level, and a small portion, maybe five percent ish, is actually on the conscious level. So much about what we think about ourselves is not really easily discoverable. So, okay, that then we can only come to the conclusion that we're not really going to be able to judge ourselves accurately. So maybe we can think about this. What if we accept that we live in a culture that's immersed and has been for a very long time with all of these ideas and, and values and 
um, paradigms for thinking and life that are all built around how do we improve self-esteem where it's low. And there have been many people that have talked on and written about how successive generations in recent generations anyway, have had decreasing levels of self-esteem. And so think about, um, we have, we all grew up in families and we are immersed in culture and culture holds out and families do too, um, ideals. Those ideals may morph and grow and change, but really we either accept or reject these ideals. And, and as we accept and reject, we begin to hold our own ideas and expectations of ourselves. And many times we're holding expectations of ourselves that we were often just actually not able to, to meet. We're not able to achieve those things or certainly not as well or completely as we would want. And this whole process of examining ourselves against what we think we should be or where we ought to be or what is a better version of ourselves we should strive for, the whole process really stirs some, some big emotions and ambitions and it really leads to lots of self-judgment. Some of that judgment may be like really overly favorable, like we just think much too highly of ourselves. And some of that self-judgment is going to be really harsh. We can be really ugly and condemning and really our own worst critics. But think about this. When we view ourselves too highly, what's the outcome? What do people you or me or anybody tend to become when they think really highly of themselves. Some of the things that come to my mind are like arrogance, pride, selfishness, a real selfish ambition. And what are some of the things that come to mind when a person thinks too low of themselves? Where they are, they actually are more capable, capable than they believe themselves to be it leads to things like fear, anxiety, uh, negative self-talk, doubt, um, just a difficulty engaging with others or following through on responsibilities and opportunities. So I think the one thing, it's not that in one short session we solve all the world's problems around self-esteem, but I think what I, what is helpful to acknowledge is that we can all struggle with both ends of the spectrum, whether we think too high or too low of ourselves in different areas of life, but both are problematic. Both are destructive. So now what? So if the world's values and paradigms cause us to view ourselves in a, in a, in a distorted way, whether it's too high or too low, what's the solution? Well, to get to the most freeing and helpful solution I've found, I want to look at two things that, um, that the Apostle Paul taught in his letter to the church in Rome. 
So this is a letter that he wrote to a church that he'd never met them, but he had heard about them. He prayed for them and he really cared about them. He wanted to make sure that they knew um, that if they belonged to God's kingdom through faith in Jesus, then, then these are the things that they should know. And then this is how they should live. So chapter 12 starts um, in the first couple verses um, with saying, because of God's mercies, and in the previous 11 chapters, Paul was laying out all of these amazing things that God had done by his grace for every person that comes to faith in Jesus. And so Paul is saying, based on all this amazing stuff, um, that, that you come to God in worship and gratitude and to, in order to worship him, we don't want to be conformed to the world's ways of thinking, but instead we want to be transformed. And he says the way to be transformed is by renewing your mind, choosing very intentionally what to think on. And then the very next verse in on three, verse three, he says about thinking, not to think more highly of yourself than you ought, but to be sober. Or another way to say that is to have sound judgment, meaning to be right-minded, which infers like a moderate view of ourselves, meaning not too high or too low. So how do we think rightly about ourselves? Well, this may sound counterintuitive, but really the, the only sure way to think rightly about ourselves is to think less of self by fixing our eyes more on Jesus, right? Think about he was the perfect God-man who demonstrated this extravagant love for us by dying on the cross so that we could be completely reconciled to God to have a, a, be made new by faith in Jesus and to let our minds and emotions run along all the old tracks of pride and fear. Is that wisdom? So Paul is telling the, the church there, hey, you guys choose to be intentional about what you think on and in who or what you place your hope from where you draw wisdom and truth. When I focus on myself and I'm preoccupied with my own strengths and abilities or my weaknesses and frailties, really, I'm already sunk. But when I fix my eyes on the God who is and who he says I am, then I'm able to be and do more than I ever thought possible before. This is a very different way of thinking than the world thinks. And this isn't the way that any of us have grown up necessarily practicing how to think. But I've spent many years practicing habits, and some of those were really bad. And so I am intentionally choosing to practice what is helpful, meaningful, wise, fruitful, life-giving. So where I think too much of myself, that's not helpful and wise and life-giving. It just 
gets me anxious and worried and fearful and considering too much about what I have or don't have or how I measure up with others. And really, that's a place of misery. So as we close, the big takeaway I hope you think on from today is recognizing that the world's ways and philosophies lead me to think way too much of myself, whether too high or too low. And that causes problems, conflicts, and distortions. It just makes a mess of my life. So the one true, accurate, reliable foundation for thinking and living well is to think rightly about who God has revealed himself to be, what his character and nature is like, and then about who he says I am when I've been made new by faith in Christ Jesus. The cultural messages about self-esteem really causes me to put distorted lens on through which I see myself and life. And the more I learn to know who God is and what he's like, and the more I trust him to walk in the ways that he calls us to, the more I find freedom and hope and joy and peace. The things we long for, that sense of stability, security, longing, hope, and joy, don't come from trying to prop ourselves up. It comes from abiding in in a relationship with Jesus and trusting him that he knows us through and through. He knows us perfectly. He knows us far better than we know ourselves. And to trust what he says of us when we come to him by faith is the surest way forward. So until next time.